What's going on, guys? It's Bryce again. Welcome to another episode of the Expedition to Try podcast, where I have no idea what I'm doing with my life, and I'm assuming a lot of you don't either, so we're going to try and figure it out together. If you're new to this podcast, it's my goal to introduce you to some rad new artists, musicians, entrepreneurs, and overall passionate people who deserve way more recognition than they currently have. So today, super stoked to introduce you to someone who reached out to me doesn't happen very often, so this is very cool. His name is Rise Michael. He is an indie pop, hip-hop artist. Just released a new album. So hyped to have you on. So, Rise, thank you so much for coming on the show. Appreciate you, Bryce. Do you want to do just a quick, like, elevator pitch of who you are, like, age, where you're living, what you're doing, that kind of general stuff before we get into it? Um, sure. Yeah, no, I'm a music lover first and foremost of all kinds of music um and so as my journey as an artist continues to go on just look for different things i'm not going to stay the same and uh my background is different i I studied physics i worked in research labs i played sports and then i love music so i'm here so you're going to get a lot of knowledge emotion and good melodies I so I did lots of research before this episode <laughs> and by research I mean I listened to the newest album <laughs> that uh, dropped what 2 3 days ago and I also read your Spotify bio so that's the <laughs> extent of my knowledge on you so I'm so excited to talk about your journey cuz it seems mm-hmm. fascinating so yeah. you started in Omaha Nebraska correct yep born and raised so, so what was the transition from Omaha to now you're in Atlanta, Georgia, correct? Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So what was that transition? What made that move come about? Um, so yeah, actually I have a project that's going to drop early in the summer. It's called Low From The O. Been working on it for a long time, looking forward to it a lot. And it actually tells the story of this. Um, and I'm coming from Omaha, Nebraska, you know, Midwest city, uh, you know, mixed race family. And I grew up with a lot of different talents. I grew up doing music. I grew up playing sports, but I was I was also very smart. So college was generally always in the plan. And as I was graduating, I was looking, you know, whatever I was going to study, which at that time was aerospace engineering, I was going to go to one of the top five schools in the country for it. Um, it came down to an MIT Georgia Tech thing. And I knew I wanted to do music. My best friend was going to Morehouse. So Atlanta just fit. And so Georgia Tech was the choice. As soon as I turned 18, it was bye-bye. <laughs> it was bye-bye home. I moved to Atlanta, and uh, the story goes on from there. <laughs> so let's go all the way back to the beginning. What are some of your first memories of music? Um, I can think the first memory of me ever performing something solo. Mm-hmm. I grew up in church singing in choir often, so... I was always singing in choir. Um, And if you've ever grown up in a spiritual setting like that, things can get pretty intense. So our performances were amazing. It was always blood rushing. But I remember I was about five or six young. And there's a song we were supposed to sing. And it was the first time I was supposed to lead the song. Um, And my mom was like the director. So she's getting me prepared. We used to like practice with a wooden spoon um, as if it was the mic. And I'm getting ready for the performance. And I remember 
the day comes and I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous I forget to use the bathroom. <laughs> so I go up there to start singing and I start singing a whole verse, but I'm shaking the whole time. I'm doing a potty dance. Like <laughs> legs is wobbly, voice is wobbly. I sing the first one and the choir keeps going. It's cool. And by the time I'm supposed to start singing again, I just like toss the mic. Like I just <laughs> toss the mic to my mom or whoever's standing next to me. And I just ran to the bathroom. Everybody in the church is looking like, what just happened? This kid just ran out in the middle of performance. Um, and so when I came back, somebody else was singing it. And then eventually we sang the song again, but it was no longer like my solo. I still sang it, but other people helped. So it was it was, it was was dope, but also kind of sad because then I felt like after that, they never trusted me to uh, hold my bladder. Through a performance so even back then, did you know yourself that you were a good singer or were you just like taking people's word for it like oh maybe i can sing do you remember for sure taking people's word for it for sure <laughs> like my mom many people in my family are amazing singers uh-huh. and to me back then i was like you know i can hold a note <laughs> so i was just <laughs> taking people's word for it if they ask me to sing i'd do it <laughs> who were some of your idols back then who did you listen to most often Growing up, I would say I was a huge Tupac fan, huge Tupac fan. Um, but you know, I listened to a lot. So it was Earth, Wind, and Fire, Stevie Wonder. Um, I had my older brother and sister put me on all the rock music, Bone Thugs and Harmony too. Uh, but I would say Kanye West was probably my first influence. So those are people I love, but Kanye West was a big influence to me. Just the way he would use different voices and add features. He always had different flavors on songs. There was choirs, harmonies, um, women choruses, men singing choruses, different melodies, and then him rapping. So he was definitely my first big influence. And then as I got older, I would say um, Dominic Fike and Chance the Rapper became big influences to me. That's funny. I actually can't recall which song it was on the new album, but one of them... Like I hear it and I'm like, that sounds like Chance the Rapper. I feel like something. <laughs> some, I can't think of what it is, but oh, that's interesting. Um, so <laughs> how do you feel? Actually, let's do this. When did you start like writing your own music? Were you back in those early days, or was it a little later on? When did you start? As a little kid, I definitely did it. I thought I was doing something at like six, seven years old. I was writing <laughs> playful little songs. But um, no, taking it seriously, it didn't actually start until later in high school. I was doing poetry. Poetry is really how I got started writing. I didn't imagine myself as a musician. Like I said, I kind of took it for granted that I had certain talents and I didn't know if I saw myself as a musician. I was like, I can't freestyle, so how can I be a rapper? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I didn't really consider myself that, but I knew I could write poetry. So I was a slam performance poet and I was writing a lot back then. Um, and it was toward the end of that, that it was going very successful in competitions and such that I realized I could do it in music also. Uh, so late in high school, beginning of college is when I started taking writing music very seriously. What were some of those other talents you had back then? Um, so I, football was okay. huge in my life. Football was huge. Um, and and just academia. I was mm-hmm. I was very much on an advanced track. Like I was taking I was driving to the college to take classes while I was in high school. 
um, just because I had, I essentially finished high school early. My, yeah. um, I had no desire to graduate early, <laughs> but I essentially finished early. So academics and football were very important to me at that time. When did, or did you start dropping those other talents off as poetry and then music started taking the forefront or did you try your best to balance everything all at the same time? How did that process play <laughs> people, out? People that know me know I tried to balance all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely, I went to college, so school was a thing, but, and then I was doing physics, I was working in research labs. Um, and then there was a point in college where that freshman year I had decided like, you gotta get football up. You decided to go to college for academics. I could have went the smaller school route for football, but Somewhere around sophomore year, I had a friend that walked on, and admittedly, I was like, if he can make the team, I could definitely make the team. <laughs> um, and I decided that I'm going to give it another shot. And so I started working out and preparing. And a little bit before, I think it was winter tryouts, I pulled my hamstring, mm. um, and I was out two months. And then the next year came around, and I got the urge to do the same thing. Um, and pulled my hamstring again. Oh, so <laughs> um, it, it did happen two years in a row. Um, I ended up talking to a few of the coaches about trials and, and you know, got some favorable, favorable advice to come try out. But those two years, it didn't happen. So, yeah, academics, I tried to get back into it, but I tried to balance all three of those things for a while. What was the inspiration behind choosing it was astrophysics, right? Not just normal physics. Normal uh, physics, well, quote unquote. <laughs> yeah, I majored, I majored in physics, concentration in astrophysics. Got it. So why did you choose that? Did you choose it going into college or was it like taking a few classes and you decided mm -hmm. how did that play out? It was as soon as I got to college, mm -hmm. I had switched. So I applied as an aerospace engineer. Um, and when you get to Georgia Tech, they give you that one transfer like that one time you can switch majors without any troubles um and i used it immediately to go to physics i got it as soon as i was starting to go to georgia tech i knew engineering was too applied for me and i wanted to do something theoretical i wanted to do something that pushed the boundaries i wanted to know things that no one else knew mm -hmm. um and so it, that it became pretty clear to me over that summer that i was going to switch to physics and how did the whole college experience pan out for you? Did you graduate with the degree you planned on? What? How did that all play out? So, yeah, I did graduate. I will say <laughs> I was never a great student. Why do you uh, think that was? Everything was so easy growing okay. up. <laughs> it was so easy. Even yeah. the first two years of college were just like <laughs> I would I would go to one class all semester and you know, I'd still get a good grade. So <laughs> I never had to work hard. But somewhere around end of sophomore year, junior year, when you're doing physics, things no longer become one plus one equals two. You know what I mean? Math changed. The language <laughs> of it changed. Yeah. So it, it was no longer something that's like, see one example and do it. You have to actually read it. Like one plus one could equal two and now it could equal a half you know what i mean it's when you start getting the intrinsic spins and quantum numbers there's a whole different language and math involved so you have to get into a book read it learn it for yourself and get that knowledge and i was not prepared as far as hard working mm -hmm. and work ethic i was not prepared to learn 
what I had already learned in a new way. Because every year of physics is essentially everything you learned isn't correct. We're going to recorrect it. <laughs> and then you recorrect it again with this. And then you recorrect it again with this. So I was not prepared for the amount of stages I was about to go through in that learning process. So I did graduate, but admittedly, I should have done much better than I did. And then by the end of senior year, I was so focused on music. I was just like, <laughs> let's pass these classes, get my degree and move on. <laughs> that's that's kind of how I was in college. Not with music, though. I am in no way musical, but <laughs> I studied uh, cellular biology in college knew I was going to as soon as I stepped on the Binghamton campus and then my junior year I was taking an organic chemistry class and I had just mm -hmm. failed an exam I rode the bus home I was devastated <laughs> and then I went into my room locked the door laid on my floor and just contemplated every decision I had made <laughs> and I, I like made the decision like oh, god I don't think I want to continue this Cause I was going to go to grad school. So I graduated with a degree and then <laughs> was like, I'm going to do something else. I don't want to do this. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It was serious. Yeah. So how did music play a role throughout college? Did you pursue it or did you try to focus on school mainly? It was very experimental in college. I, I was, I was focused on school, my social life and music actually took a really big back seat for a while music and poetry like I didn't write a poem for a whole year at one point um I got just so focused in not just academics there's student organizations I was in an organization called Nesby National Society of Black Engineers I was on the executive board for the school and the region I was throwing parties I was living the whole college life and I just got so into it and I didn't really know where to start with music because Yes, you you know how to sing, you know how to harmonize, you can write lyrics, but operating Pro Tools is a whole other ex expertise you have to get into. I didn't have the money as a college student. I was living off of a scholarship. I didn't have the money as a college student to be paying for mixing engineers and tracking engineers and studio time. I didn't even know where to start. I wasn't from Atlanta. Yeah. So I was learning everything about music and I had no idea what to start on, what to give my energy to. I was I, I had a terrible work ethic at the time. So trying to do music and still work out and still have a social life and then try to learn Pro Tools and buy Pro Tools and buy a mic and buy an interface and find the money for that. It just became a lot to the point where I just kept pushing it off, kept pushing it off. I would write something every once in a while and then I would perform with like the school gospel choir or rap a song for this person. Um, and things here or there would happen, but I just kept pushing off and kept pushing it off. Um, until about my senior year where it was like it became the main thing what was your plan for after graduation what were you planning on doing for work and did you work throughout college or what did you do um so I didn't work in college okay. I, I had what is called the Gates Millennium Scholarship mm. um and it essentially pays everything and your living expenses housing food plan everything um, so I didn't, I didn't work through college and there wasn't really a plan for after college. I'm not going to lie. It wasn't, the plan was to find, find a job or find a part-time situation with my degree that would allow me to live while still learning music almost full-time. Mm -hmm. 
And so I did end up finding some side gigs and things that kept me making money for a while after college. But I was at the time I was working in a research lab. But once my student position ended and I wasn't becoming a grad student, I would have to end that job. And so it became like a find a part time thing involving your degree um, and focus music full time, learn how to do all this so you can be a fully operating artist yourself. So what are you doing currently? Like what's your daily or weekly routine look like as it surrounds music and work? What do you, mm-hmm. what's that all look like? So I, I, uh, I work at a studio now. I do engineer um, and I'm a mixing engineer. So I have my own clients. Uh, the daily is generally, I'm either at the studio on certain days of the week for a part of the day. And the days I'm not, those are music days. So I'm either mixing someone's songs working my song, working my own songs, or the recording sessions that I take that I get paid off of. I do have a few other side gigs, mainly scooters, you know, the bird scooters everyone Mm -hmm. rides. Yep. So you manage fleets and people get paid kind of like you own your own franchise of scooters. You get paid when people ride them. So I help manage fleets also on the side. That gives me a lot of good um, side money. So that's generally my, my day is wake up, studio, music, and I make the side money when it's necessary. Do you feel where you are right now is like the ideal situation for you? Or what do you see as your ideal like daily routine as it surrounds music and working? I don't see my current situation as ideal yet for me. I believe that things work synergetically. They should be in a web. And I believe that once... I feel a web between the pieces of my life working together. So that is is making money, that is doing music, that is creating a social media brand, create helping with the collective and business that I have with a collective of artists that I run. And I also love, as as I've left school, academically, I've kind of moved from physics. I'll go back to it eventually. Mm -hmm. But I love data and I love computer science. I love machine learning. So I've actually done a lot of certification courses just on those things. So I would like to maybe get a job within data analytics, but I would like to get to a point where I myself become a data analytics business and I apply it to what I know in music. I apply it to the entertainment industry and I'm still able in this web of things to do all of those things and they feed into each other. And Mm -hmm. I believe that's what's ideal is when I'm at a place where all these parts of me feed into each other. And not quite daily. <laughs> How close do you feel like you are to that quote unquote ideal situation? And what are you doing like each and every day to work towards that goal? Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't believe in, I'm not giving myself a progress report mm. as far as I'm at zero or I'm at 50% or I'm at a hundred percent. I believe that we'll always be lost. We are, everybody's always looking for a final destination. And I believe in enjoying the process and enjoying being lost. So to me, it's about taking one step at a time. And as a human, I've grown a lot. And I've grown to love myself. I've grown to love my process. And I've grown to love where I am. So though it may not be ideal yet, I believe it's ideal in the fact that every day I'm taking steps. Mm-hmm. And every day I'm making growth. And I'm doing better than the day I did before. And I'm doing better and learning more. I know more than the day before. 
And so I feel good in that process. And I feel like as a human, we're getting there. We're getting there. Could you touch on the process you took to make those realizations, like being able to stay present and take it like one step at a time? Were you always like that? Or was that a learned process for you? That was a that was a learned life thing. Yeah. So it was something I always knew I needed to have. Mm-hmm. I was smart enough as a kid to know these things. But I think true wisdom comes when it becomes a part of you. Yeah. Not only do you know it in your brain and you can think it, you can feel that thought. And when you feel a thought, it becomes natural and instinctual. And part of that process was leaving college and realizing that I didn't do as well as I should have. And where was my heart? Why was my heart not there? How did I learn to work hard? And when I worked on music, music taught me something. I realized music was meant for me because never before had I experienced something that I could work eight, nine, 10 hours, 12 hours a day on just songs, mixing someone else's song, working on my song, writing a song, recording. And at the end of it, I wouldn't feel tired. I wouldn't feel like I did a whole bunch of work. I felt like fulfilled. I'd feel happy. I'd be so happy. And it made the rest of my life feel much greater Mm -hmm. and more fulfilling. And so learning that and then trying to put out music, which was I did for the first time about three years ago, I actually dropped music, putting music on SoundCloud and such. Actually doing that process and then seeing some songs get numbers, some songs didn't. Um, And then I got better at it. And just seeing growth, like dramatic growth, someone like me, I know people love to talk about astrology. I'm a Sagittarius. It's a fire sign. We burn through things. And that was me my whole life. I burned through things, but I never sat and settled on a thing. Never sat and honed a skill. I had a lot of talents, but I never honed a skill. Mm -hmm. So to sit there and do something for years and put in 10,000 hours and actually work hard, learn to work hard and see how much I had changed from one year to the next and seeing that growth dramatically, it's, it was obvious to actually stick to something, put your 10,000 hours in and see how much better you've gotten from this day to this day. And just learning that being a logic based person, it's like, it's all about the journey, dude. Like if you keep doing this and keep working hard and being consistent, you're going to get better. And you just have to believe in that part of you that keeps going on that growth. And life showed it to me. How do you think someone who may be kind of lost and not able to think in a way that's like take it step by step and like find that that thing they want to work on? How do you believe they could like start that process of that? That seems like a self-awareness journey. Like you became super self-aware. You learned what you enjoyed doing. You learned how you worked best. How do you think people can start? that journey and figure themselves out a little bit. The only thing I can tell people, I'm not big into preaching yet. Mm-hmm. I'm not at that point in my life where I can preach. Um, but the only thing I can say is do just do. If you want to make music, do it and do it for real and do it with all your heart. If you want to do computer science, take classes, learn how to code, code things that you didn't have to code outside of a project. Code something you want to code. If you do sports and you really want to do sports, train harder than you've ever imagined. Like, just do 
because the the wisdom that I have gained or the self-actualization someone else may have gained or that I may want to gain, it doesn't come by force and it doesn't come by intellect. Once you know the thought, you've just planted the seed. You still have to nature it. You have to nurture it. You have to grow it. Life is going to have to teach you these things. So if you want to get on TikTok and don't know how to use it, just do. You're going to learn on accident. <laughs> A lot of things happen on accident. Yeah. And you can't learn these accidental lessons until you just do. So that's the only thing I could tell people. I can't tell someone how to think. Just use the wisdom you already know. We already know. Stop comparing yourself. Think about the things that matter to you and the things that you should love, the valuable things, the things that keep you grounded. You know, the obvious wisdom that the world has already taught us over mankind. You know, take those things. But I can't tell someone how to think. I can just tell you, do. And you'll learn how to think. So what was the turning point three years ago when you first started releasing music? Why why then more than beforehand? It was in the works. It was in the plans. Okay. I would say, so I was making music two or three years before that. I was always showing people music. And, you know, I was getting really good feedback. So I was like, you know, eventually I'm going to have to put some music on the internet. <laughs> um, so I'm the type of person, I research everything I do. I research yeah. how to distribute, why distribute these people? How do you get your music heard? How do you get a scene? What are the avenues? What legal copyright processes do you need to know to do these things and to protect yourself? Um, and what ways do people make money? <laughs> so I had learned and took notes and planned I planned a lot. I planned for years. People at the certain point where you like, you have to stop planning, just do it. <laughs> um, and so I got to a point where it's like, okay, I learned a lesson I have to do. And I have learned a lot. I did enough research to release music. So the perfect plan is not going to come right now. The perfect plan comes with practice, comes with doing, like I said. So I decided to do. And uh, the only song that I still have under my current profile from that time is Crazy. Um, and that was the one song I know when I made that I was like, I felt the need that this had to be released. So how do you feel your music has changed from that point to now? I know you have a lot more music in the works right now, even though you just released this past album. How, how has it all changed and what have you learned through the past few years? Um, it goes with your person. It goes with your own psychological development because I'm very, I tell people all the time, I tweet about this today. I said, if, if someone asked me my favorite color, I probably would say something that's not a color. My favorite <laughs> color is clear. Um, and I like that in my own personality. I'm very transparent. Even in conflict, I have to talk about it. So my music is the same way. Whatever I'm going through, whatever piece of my personality that I'm learning about is going to show in my music. And I believe when I first made music, I was I had feelings, romance you know, the desire, the dreams, ambition, but also, you know, grew up in a very masculine household. Like men in my family are super masculine. I grew up in a city that for African-Americans generally had a stereotype and there wasn't a lot outside of that. Being in the Midwest, I just didn't see a lot of successful African-Americans around me. Um, and Omaha tends to be a place where if someone does make it, they leave. So that's who I was at that time. 
as I've grown and matured, I've learned to let go of those boundaries, explore the different sides of myself that I knew were there, but wasn't fully comfortable expressing. You know, we all have a masculine, we all have a feminine. We all can be strong, but we can all be very self-conscious. We can be a force, but we can also be a nurturing presence. We can be loving, we can be sentimental and expressive. So I think before at that point in time, I rapped a lot more because of that persona I was under. But as I've grown and allowed myself to let go of boundaries, I found myself moving towards more melodic, more pop, alternative type things. It's less about being mainstream and rapping and more about what do I feel here? I love harmonies. I love different effects. Like, I don't want to sound strong on this song. Maybe I could just be weak. Mm -hmm. Um, And so allowing myself to be whatever came to me has definitely changed in my music. And I would say that's the biggest transformation. So what is the process you go through to write your songs? Do you set a time each day to write or do you let it flow naturally? How does that all play out? Um, I usually work in batches. Okay. So I'll get beats, I'll get ideas, and I'll fulfill like a certain batch of songs. And they all go down a general, a general conveyor belt. First, it's the listening, the feeling, and then melodies. Everything is a melody. I demo a lot of beats, demo a lot of ideas. So I'll sing, I'll, I'll freestyle. And it won't even be words. They'll just be melodies, hums, ideas. Um, and I record those. I record those and listen back to them. And I listen back to them multiple times just to be in different mind states. And whatever I fall in love with, I'll use and then becomes the writing process. So the writing happens after that. Sometimes when I freestyle, words do come out. So some of the, some songs, the words have already played themselves out. Um, so generally it's that demoing, melody, then lyric writing. And then it's the performance recording, the tracking, the mixing. It all happens there. And then mastering. What is the feeling or thought or whatever it might be that tells you, like, this is the song I'm going to start working on? Do you have, like, a visceral reaction? What <laughs> What does that moment feel like? I feel, it, I feel <laughs> it here in the gut. Um, I tell people all the time, the brain works in mysterious ways. And sometimes certain feelings can show themselves in other ways. And I find that music is almost like food to me. Like, I feel like when I hear a good song, I'm hungry for it. Mm-hmm. And it's fulfilling. Certain songs with dope melodies are like sweet and sugary. And other things are just bold. Um, and I just have that feeling down here in the gut that says, oh my gosh, I either love this or I want this. And that that's the general feeling I look for. So what were you going through in your life when you were writing it's called after she left right the new album Mm -hmm. what what was going on in your life that inspired you to write all those songs (laughs) sheesh uh (laughs) yeah so i was in a relationship for five years almost five years wow okay with someone and then the relationship ended and it was the biggest breakup for me and probably the only time in my life I had ever been involved with someone and they no longer wanted to continue it with me. Mm -hmm. 
It was a mutual breakup. We both knew that it was time. I presented it and she agreed and we broke up together as a joint decision. But it was the first time that I had been involved in someone that literally was okay with no longer being with me. And that hurt a lot, along with it being the longest and most important relationship of my life up to that point. So it hurt a lot. And I remember sitting there being down, depressed, going through it all. And one day I was listening to one of my favorite songs from an anime. I'm trying to remember who, who made it. A legend. Oh, I'm so mad. I can't remember his <laughs> name right now. Um, but I remember going, just going through one of his playlists. So I just went on YouTube and I was like, blah, 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 type beats. Mm-hmm. And I just downloaded all of them. And there was something nostalgic about it. I think nostalgia is one of the one feelings to me that could impede upon heartbreak and that depression. Like nostalgia is a very strong feeling to people. And it can bring around, it can it can bring heartbreak and depression, but it also can impede upon them. It can distract you from them. And so I made these very slow break heart type songs and somewhere in there i told you i got that feeling in my gut i got that feeling that this is fulfilling like i I need more of this you you just get up you play the song super loud on your speakers and jump around for no reason and that was freeing for me and immediately then i knew i was just gonna be making songs for the next month like i was going hard on the songs for the next month and i knew like i told you before there's a project that I'm soon to release called Low For No Love. I've been working for a while. And that project is more important to me. Mm-hmm. But I knew that at that time, I was depressed. I wasn't in a position to be releasing a project and giving my all to it marketing-wise and social media-wise, money-wise. So I was like, I need to put something out that I'm just going through right now. Something that I don't care about numbers. I don't care about how many people listen to it. It's just therapeutic. So that's what After She Left became. It was like this project that was therapeutic to what I was going through at that point that year. And it became called After She Left. And here we are with it. So this is actually a re-release of After She Left. It's actually a re-release. I released the first version last year on my birthday, November 29th. Not last year, the year before last. And I wanted to redo it creatively to a point that I loved and respected. So I remade it. There's like six new songs on it compared to the original version. And I took off three or four songs. Uh, so it's essentially a new project now and it's a re-release of that idea. So when you are in those mental positions where you are depressed, anxious, or just feeling low for whatever reason, do you see that silver lining of like, maybe I can create something beautiful out of this or does it take time to deal with your emotions before you're then able to start writing about it? From experience, I think in the future this may change, but from experience, it's always been, I take time and emotion first. So I go through the sadness. I go through the depression. I go through the staleness if it's stale. Um, And I allow that feeling to happen first. Um, And something has to inspire me. Something, I have to hear something. I have to talk about something. I have to do something and it has to inspire me. And then once that inspiration happens, then I make the music. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not big into forcing feelings, so I don't want to force something. And so that's why I haven't done it in the past. 
I do believe there have been times where I could just play a beat and get into it. So maybe therapeutically in the future, I'll try that in the moment. But usually I allow the emotions to happen first and show themselves. And then I'll allow something to inspire me. And then I start on the music. What typically inspires you the most? Is it specific music, books, poetry, or is it just random every time? <laughs> uh, I think it's definitely music, lo-fi, lo-fi beats okay. that get me. It's something about that nostalgic lo-fi, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, like just Toonami Cartoon Network back in the day feeling <laughs> that gives me that nostalgic just back at home as a little kid feeling. And mm -hmm. when, when I get that, that's when I'm like, okay, play some beats. <laughs> play some beats. Let me get into it. So, yeah, it's usually it's usually some form of music or sports. If you go to the gym, getting physically active, yeah, that helps a lot too. <laughs> what sort of resources have you found that have helped you the most in your journey of pursuing music? Resources? Um, or like tutorials, like videos, books, anything so like that. So YouTube was super big. Uh, YouTube was huge. I, I, I think people find often that knowing what to Google and what to search um, is very helpful. So like you can start from nothing and as a, you want to learn to mix on your own. You want to learn to record on your own. You have no idea where to start. So I think finding that expertise first helps because then it gives you direction. Once you have that direction, YouTube, Google, everything. Everything. Find a find an instructor you like. Find a page you like, and see the specific things they talk about. Um, but I think finding that that that's why I even started. I interned at the studio because I just I know I wanted I had learned how to mix by then, but I wanted to learn more just about the whole engineering process of recording in a studio. I wanted to learn more about who works there. How do they do? Are they publishing? Are they you know the owner of the studio I work at? He was a publishing exec. So I'm like, what does that even mean? How do I get started in taking advantage of that opportunity? Yeah. What? How do I get started with sync licensing? I didn't even know what sync licensing was until I talked to him. So it's like knowing what to Google became very important with just finding that one person with that expertise. I don't know if that means just go to Guitar Center and talk to someone, pay $50 for their first hour class just to get that the terms from them, the basis from them. If that's interning at a studio for whatever time it takes for you to gain the knowledge that you need to while you're there. I think finding that expertise because YouTube and Google can give you everything if you just have that direction. Mm -hmm. Do you feel there are any resources or things that people can just completely skip over? Like, what have you found that was kind of just a waste of time in this process? Like I said, I love the journey. I think I learned from ev almost everything. So yeah. I, I, it's hard for me to say skip this because... I learned a lot from this. Right. Um, and you got to give it a shot. Everybody's journey is different. Like I could say this type of ad marketing worked, this type of running an Instagram ad or a Snapchat ad worked really well for this song. And then you do it again for a different song and it doesn't work as well for that song. The, the songs are two very different songs. They, they have different meanings behind them and brands and targeting audience that would talk to them. So it's hard for me to say what not to do. 
Um, but I would say learning to find organic tools is very important. See the signs of a scam. See the signs of a bot. See the signs of an organic playlist yeah. as quickly as you possibly can. Like if someone is promising streams, no go. <laughs> if someone is promising you, you'll get on their playlist, no go. If someone is asking you for money before they do something for you, no go. If this is not like an official email, be be weary uh, and, and just see numbers. Like if somebody has a certain amount of, see engagement, there should be a percentage range of the engagement you should see for a playlist, a page, a website, click rate that just shows you that they have this many thousands of followers, but they get this many views or they get yeah. this many likes. It's like, depending on the page, you know, people interact with different things. Like if somebody posts a picture of them in a photo shoot, okay. Yeah. That's that engagement should be higher. It should be 10% or more of their following. Maybe, you know, 5% or more depending on that person's demographic. But if, if they're posting an article, you know, you know, that's less likely to get a whole bunch of likes from their followers because it's not necessarily them. Um, so just pay attention to click rates and stuff. Just find organic things, find organic playlists, organic sites that help you with plays that don't promise plays um, and don't promise service certain successes because those inorganic ones are just false, first off. And they actually can hinder you. Like Spotify's algorithm knows. Like they know when someone streams and likes something. They know when something is saved compared to someone that plays it once and never listens to it again. It's a bot. Mm -hmm. If people like a song, they're going to listen to it more than once. So you're so if a playlist has 100 listeners and 101 streams, something's wrong. At least <laughs> a few people would have liked it enough to play it multiple times. Yeah. Something's wrong. So just look at signs of that. Even on SoundCloud, same thing. Um, look for organic things. Pass on anything that seems iffy. And what is your relationship with posting on social media? Do you put a lot of pressure on yourself to stay active on social media or are you kind of laid back with it? Um. So my social media attack has changed dramatically in the past month or two. Before I wasn't putting any pressure on myself, I actually had decided social media shouldn't be something that is pressure. You mm -hmm. should find a way to have a brand as part of your natural life and personality, something that you enjoy doing and can do in your daily hobby or life because it's going to become work. It's, it's already work to purchase a camera and know how to set it up and put the tripod and find lighting and know how to use the lighting. So don't make the actual content itself work. Make that something you already do. Make that something you love. And that's how my journey has kind of started to go. I've decided that I'm putting pressure on myself to post. But I don't want to put pressure on myself to always make something that I don't want to make. So if you look at my page in the past couple weeks, I've posted more times in the past couple weeks than I did in the two years before that. And so it's definitely changing. I'm learning. Like I said, it's kind of a do thing. I'm learning many things just over the past couple of weeks. Just about I had I had one post that I did and I love that song. And it's a part of the chorus and it's a good melody. And there are people that like the song. But I had one song that I don't like as much. But I added just like a part of this song that showed something more. 
was a part of the song where the beat cuts out and I was rapping really fast. Mm -hmm. And something about that speaks to a certain set of people. Some people really want to hear bars. They really want to hear just good bars. And so that spoke to the audience very well. Whereas the other song may have had a good melody, but like what makes it stand out about that post? I didn't create something to stand out about that post. So you just learn how to better do these things as you do it. So I'm not perfect yet. I'm not the expert yet. But I'm doing and I'm learning as I go. So I've posted a lot over the past few weeks and I'm posting more as we go. What sort of sacrifices have you given up as a way to pursue music to a greater extent? Or like, what are you willing to give up or sacrifice as a way to <laughs> reach your goals and become like that? Find that like ideal life that you're looking for. I'm not gonna lie, I've sacrificed so much. I've sacrificed so much. I'm a hard worker. I make decent money right now. Like the amount of money I make with no kids, living alone, I I could I could go on an international trip pretty often. I could live so decent. I could buy as many clothes as I wanted. There's so much I've sacrificed as far as just living as a happy 20 year old. Um that I could be doing right now. I could be traveling all the time and I would love to travel. Um, but I just know I love music. So I'm not going to burn myself out. I'm mm -hmm. smart enough then to know that my well-being is the most important thing. So I'm not burning myself out. I do travel sometimes. I have an international trip planned. But these things would happen at a higher rate. I'd be saving. I'd be saving a lot more. I'd be looking to own a place right now rather than renting. So there are definitely things you sacrifice um, but you know, big dreams involve big risks. And so if you're going to take that risk, you got to do this. I see people all the time. I work at a studio. I see so many talented people all the time. And that doesn't mean to say that you don't have a chance. That doesn't mean to say you shouldn't pursue your dreams. It just means if you're going to do this, care about it. This is not, this is not just a willy nilly stumble into being famous or stumbling to having a following, making money off your craft thing. Like these people really care about their dreams. So it's disrespectful for you to think that you don't have to also put in that work and effort and care. And you're just going to be better than everyone else. I think that's, that's the hubris involved in that is huge. So I think just knowing that you really, you got to give some stuff. I love my life. I love it. And I'm going to travel, but I have to give it up a little bit. There is a certain amount of money that has to go to shooting videos, making content, you know, having a better mic, getting a better interface. Nuances of just the music industry like that, like you'll have to spend some money. You'll have to spend extra time. And so there is a sacrifice. I'm not telling someone to burn themselves out because it'll affect your creativity and your overall well-being, which is the vehicle that gets you to where you're going. Um, but You'll have to sacrifice some things. Do you feel as though you have like a long-term timeline for your own success? Like personally with this podcast and my blog and everything else I'm doing, I, I too try my best to take it like that step-by-step, -step, day by day, do a little work here and there when I can. And I see that point that I'm trying to get to like at least a decade from now. Like I don't see it coming anytime soon and I'm happy with that. Do you 
see this going over a long term period of time or how do you view this journey if at all or is it just day by day <laughs> yeah so i view life as a journey so it's just a long journey music I'm, i love music i'm gonna always make music i'll make music for fun mm-hmm. for my whole life i'll be 70 years old maybe still <laughs> making pop music or rock music or rap music probably end up making jazz at that point because i love <laughs> jazz um but i'll be making music for fun for my whole life um but like I said, I have certain goals. I have yeah. plans. I have there's a project I'm already started after Low for No O that's planned. I have a two year plan as far as music goes. I have a plan as far as data analytics and machine learning goes. I have a plan as far as my body and things I would like to do with my involved in my health, my athleticism and whatnot for the next few years. I, I have plans to travel. I have plans. But to say that like in ten years if I don't have a hundred thousand followers, I'm gonna stop making music. I don't have anything like that. To me, this is, I realized very quickly after I left college that this life really could be anything you wanted. I could just become a nomad and travel different places and find random ways of making money. Or I could just sit in an office and analyze that all day. Or I could go back to school and try to win a Nobel Prize and do all of my hours studying physics. Like I could do anything. My life could be anything. I could just move to Spain. Like I could do anything I want. So I decided a while ago that I would no longer set these standards and these ideas of what I'm going to do in five years or 10 years. I have goals, I have things I want to do, and I work towards those. What are you doing currently to stay mentally and physically and spiritually like healthy? And what are you planning on changing or doing differently? Um, so about sacrifice, music is definitely taking a lot of my time. So there are, I'm about to name some things, but I would like to do them more. Uh, but no, I stay sharp. I stay sharp. Like I said, I've taken certification courses to keep up on my, my mental brain as far as coding and mathematics and academia goes. I, I, I love to, something I've discovered recently is I love to read when the sun is up. There's something about that just just brings you into a, a whole like calm world, and I'm learning Spanish. Estoy aprendiendo. I'm of course, <laughs> getting there. I'm getting there. I'm learning Spanish every day. It's a thing I do every day. I'm learning guitar, and then meditation is a thing. But there's you know there's just little things in your life that you can add that bring that. So. I have a lot of plants. I don't know if you can see. I got some pathos behind me hanging off of the shelf. Um, but just having greenery around and managing that greenery, kind of similar to a skill, actually growing something and seeing it de- develop. So having greenery in a house, actual greenery, not fake plants, <laughs> has helped, that, that helps. And, you know, light and sage, just things that, you know, sound stereotypical or funny. Um, just find your niches and see what how they make you feel. And things like that, reading, plants, learning Spanish, planning trips, um, and then just thinking about the people I love, learning to be a caring person. I feel like I was very much a logical, this is what I have to do. I care for this person, so I have to do that. And um, I was good with the details. And I realized, apply those details to the people you care about. This person is talking about how they feel about their mom. This person is talking about this test they have next week remember it, <laughs> bring it up, ask them how they, they're doing, ask them how their class is going, 
whatever it is that they seem to talk about, care about people's details. Um, and doing that, just becoming a better person makes me feel pretty happy. And then physically work out. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, don't not just work out. I think I personally find it helpful to find activities that you enjoy that involve working out. So I'm not big on just running on a treadmill or just lifting weights. If I can do something that improves my body, but also I enjoy, I'll do it. So a new thing I'm doing is ultimate frisbee. It's a sport I've never played in my life before until this year. So I'm learning how to do that. I'm going to pick up games every every week, trying that out, um, playing basketball still. I had to give up football because that was bringing too many injuries. So I was mm-hmm. like, to stay healthy, let me play sports. I don't get injured in as much. <laughs> um, I've also, since college, I think soccer has became my favorite sport. I didn't play it or really watch much growing up other than Brazil. Um, but soccer is probably my favorite sport now. So just keeping up, just playing pickup games here or there, doing things for fun and staying in shape. My friend told me a while ago, he said, your name's Michael from Michael the Archangel and you're a Sagittarius. Passions in your physical body are always going to help you as far as your mental and emotional, spiritual well-being. So the more you work on those things, the more you'll feel better about the rest of your life. And he was very right. I paid attention to that. I'm a listener. So I went and did that. And so I think, yeah, taking care of your body is very important. Awesome. So more as like a wrap up question. Uh, You already touched on some great advice that fits in with the theme of the podcast of trying. You say to just do, do some things and just try new things. What's some other advice you could give to someone who's just starting their journey, either in music, in life, in art, anything like that? Or what sort of advice would you give to yourself, younger you? I would say be confident in learning. Be confident in your ability to learn. Because like I said, this is a journey. And if I work really hard for a long time, I'll see results. I will. And I've learned that. I'm so confident in that. And that that makes me feel better about the next day. It makes me feel better about what I failed to do last year. Um, So be confident in your ability to learn. Because if you get into comparing where you're currently at with where somebody else is currently at, blah, 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 you're going to go down a dark path that, you know, sometimes you got to go through that path. But if you learn to be confident in your ability to learn, it'll give you the motivation for the next step. It'll give you the motivation to do. It'll give you the motivation to fail and get better. Uh, So be confident in your ability to learn and never feel like you're too young or too old because that's just a lie so where can people find you on social media and where can they listen to their to your music and what do you have on the horizon yeah so um follow me on instagram at rise michael and rise is spelled r-i-z-e um so r-i-z-e m-i-c-h-a-e-l at rise michael on instagram um on uh, Twitter, it's at Rise underscore Michael. So on any of the social medias, just search Rise Michael. You should be able to find me. There's not a lot of people with that name. Um, and then I'm on, I'm on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, Vivo, Vimeo, Amazon, all the streaming platforms, same thing, Rise Michael. Um, like I said, After She Left was recently released. It's a good project, especially if you've been through a breakup and you want to go through all the feelings of hate, sadness, 
you know, maybe New Horizons um, and even Happiness and there's a song called New Love because I, I found new love after that. So going through the, all those stages, you know, if you've been through a breakup, listen to that. And then be on the lookout. Today I dropped the video to Heartbreaker. Um, so that's out on YouTube, Vivo. Very, very cool. I just watched it. Just very watched interesting it, yeah. concept of the reverse. That the was reverse? Awesome. Oh, yeah. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I'm glad you noticed. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's out today. Definitely go stream that. Go watch it on YouTube and um, Apple Music, too. And uh, be on the lookout for something that I care about very deeply to myself. It's called Low from the O. Um, and that will be released early summer. Um, look for it in June. It's called Low from the O, and it's it's kind of a story of what we talked about, me leaving home and moving to Atlanta and trying to do new things and, you know, feeling as if I'm a new person. And am I still the low from the O, the person that grew up? And so that's a very important project to me. And I, I think creatively, it takes another level up from um, after she left. And so... I look forward to releasing that and showing that to the world. And I hope you guys can uh, stick around and be there for that one. Awesome. And last question, what or whom is, no, not whom, who is an artist or a musician that you believe deserves way more recognition than they currently have? Than they currently have? Oh man, I could, I could name <laughs> so many people, so many people. Um, but I'll name a few people that you can find just looking at my own music. Okay. And that'll make it easy. Um, Heartbreaker is the video that released today. A person on that song, he goes by the name OGB. And he has one song out right now called Blue Hunnets. But he has amazing music saved up. And I've helped him record it, mix it. And he's a natural. This is a person that could stumble on a track and cough and he still sounds good. <laughs> Um, but OGB is an amazing artist. He's on Heartbreaker. He's on my song Scorpio. He's just a nat he's a he's very much in that vein of mainstream hip hop, but he's a natural at it. And he he has he's been through a lot and he has a lot to say. So I say OGB. Um also on some songs of mine that will be coming out, his name is Khalif. Khalif. And uh he has a song called Ready to Go Out Now that I'm actually a feature on. I'm a, I'm the second verse on that song. So Khalif, he's an interesting person, very much of a uh inspired by chance too um but he's a very dope artist and then last one i say is my uh friend atl he went by tl on a beat he's on a song called showing love with me and tl that's a dope human who used to make hella dope beats and was successful doing that and he's also now a vocalist and artist himself and he's really dope so uh i would definitely say those three people atl khalif and ogb you can find them on my music amazing artists look forward to what they got coming out awesome. and i remembered the person from earlier oh, okay a legend a legend new jobbies new <laughs> jobbies his name's new jobbies i speak i believe it's spelled n-u-j-a-b-e-s got it new jobbies he's a in the anime community if you know anything about anime music you should you should know about new jobbies he's, <laughs> he's, a, he's a legend r.i.p awesome so i will link everything that you just said, all your socials, all your music. I will link everything that we talked about down below, also mm -hmm. in the show notes. So for all of you listening, if you missed anything, want to find anything we talked about, it'll all be there for you. Uh, so 
thank you, Rise, sure. so much for coming on the show. And I'm so glad we you, connected. Bryce. I appreciate you, Bryce, because I looked at your page. You're a dope guy. I like the message you speak on there. And I really, when I saw something about you, I had to, and I went and looked at the page. Somebody sent you to me. Yeah. I went and looked. And at first, I'm like, you know, he seems like a cool guy. Let me see what he's on. And I just, it only took a few posts. And I was like, nah, I, I like his character. And I really would like to speak with this person. I want to support this person. So I appreciate you for having me a lot, Bryce. And I think you're a dope guy. And whatever goals that you have, you know, hopefully one day, I'll interview you and you can explain them all to us <laughs> or explain how you got there. Cause you, I believe you'll get there. I think you're a dope guy. Man. Hey, thank you so much. I really appreciate you saying that. I appreciate any and all support I can get and dude, I'm down <laughs> for interviews any <laughs> point in time. Cause I do all the interviewing. I'm actually getting interviewed by a friend uh, in a couple days <laughs> for like the first time. So anytime you want to chat with me, even if it's not recorded, I'd be happy to talk with you. I yeah, can't no wait to problem. see your journey. Where do you live at? I'm in Rochester, New York, outside of Syracuse. Oh, wow. Yeah. Do you visit the city much? New, New York, York city? city? No, I do not like the city. <laughs> you don't like it? Oh, that's my I've, favorite place. I've been there twice. Place. It's just too busy for me. I don't like all the craziness and people are always, they always got somewhere to be. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. That's probably why I love New York. I love the energy. I love the energy. But I, I'm actually going to be there May 4th to the 9th. Okay. So I don't know if, if if you would like to give up your hate of New York and just come visit. <laughs> you know, I'll be there May 4th to May 9th. I'd love to hang with you. I'll, I'll see what's going on. I'll see if I uh, can get work off or something. Take a trip with okay. a friend or something. That'd be you awesome. You want to be in Atlanta anytime? I want to visit. I'm trying to visit all 50 states. So I've never been to Georgia. Uh, I actually just interviewed uh dude, Carlos Bradley, who's a videographer, lives out in Atlanta, Georgia. So I figured yeah. <laughs> go out, possibly get a drink with him. And then now I could uh -huh. visit you if I'm ever out there. <laughs> oh, for sure. Let me know. Hell yeah. Let me know. <laughs> so I am so hyped to see what's on the horizon for you. Can't wait to continue streaming this most recent album. Um, mm -hmm. But thank you again for coming on. And for all you listening, thank you so much for listening. I wish you the best of luck, and with that, peace out and good luck, everybody.